didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney, and this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, taking a look at every single episode of Stranger Things. We have made it all the way through season four, and now we are in the deep, dark void as we wait for season five. So we've been doing some different types of episodes, and this week we're doing an influencer episode on one of the movies that we think influenced Stranger Things, and it's Alien. And Colin is here with your summary. The spaceship Nostromo is on its way back to Earth with its crew in hibernation when the ship's computer picks up a transmission from nearby in space. The crew and their trusty cat Jones is woken up and policy dictates that they have to investigate. Dallas, Kane, and Lambert head to the moon where they find a long-since abandoned ship. When they go inside to look around, they lose radio contact with Ripley back on Nostromo, who has since discovered that the transmission was a warning signal. Kane finds a bunch of alien eggs and one baby alien jumps out, sucking his face. The team gets him back to the Nostromo where Ash treats him only to discover that the facehugger has acidic blood that eats through the ship. Eventually, the monster lets go of Kane's face and is later found dead. Kane seems okay, at least until lunch, when he starts feeling a little rumbly in his tummy. Turns out it's just the spawn of a monster looking to get out. So it does, right through his stomach. Kane shuffles off his mortal coil, and the monster scurries away. One by one, the monster, now a full-grown baddie, sneaks up behind and kills the rest of the crew, leaving only Ripley alive. She sets the Nostromo to self-destruct and runs into an escape pod, hoping the alien will die in the explosion, but it's snuck onto the pod with her. She opens the airlock and gets the alien out into space, where it's fried, when Ripley turns on the pod's engines. Ripley and Jonesy Cat then go into hibernation and head off through space back to Earth. The end of Alien. And the end of one of my... This movie encompasses one of my biggest pet peeves in any type of horror movie. Okay. Anytime people are in space, why do they feel the need to put their face so close to things? Like if you... In literally every Alien movie you can watch, as soon as they come upon an egg, they're basically like, let me smell it. And they get as close <laughs> as possible. And then, of course, you know, the little thing shoots out and gets in their chest. And it just yeah, drives it was me that, crazy. The, uh, that movie, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, Life, from, what, five, yes. six years ago. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. in uh, in Event Horizon, they, like, visit a, a possessed, like, devil ship in the middle of space. And one of the kids, like, goes, there's, like, a black blob. And the kid, it never seen it before, but he just wants to touch it. Why? <laughs> Stop touching things all willy nilly in outer space. You just, you don't know. Like, and, and I swear, it's in every every alien movie in the franchise. No, it's good. It's a good trope. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't drives, watch a lot of I don't watch a lot of space alien movies, but yeah, it's, no, it is, uh, it's, drives me crazy. Yeah, it's a good point. So May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy nine, Alien hit theaters. Seventy. I was eight years old. Barely eight, not even eight. And you were two years from being, well, you're a year from being born? Yeah, I wasn't born. Written by Dan O'Bannon, directed by Ridley Scott. The cast included Tom Skerritt as Dallas Sigourney Weaver, famously as Ripley. Veronica Cartwright as Lambert. Harry Dean Stanton. uh, Andy Stad from Pretty in Pink as Brett. John Hurt as Kane. Ian Holm as Ash and Yafet Kodo from one of my favorite movies, Midnight Run. He was Agent Foster Grant in Midnight Run. 
Um, love, love, love that movie. You're looking quizzical. I, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen it. Charles Grodin and Robert De Niro. It's uh, a bail bondsman. Oh, it's so, it's so great. No. The only Midnight thing Run. I remember Charles Grodin from is Beethoven. Yeah. Oh, the two of them are so great. De Niro and Grodin. Watch it immediately. It is huh. so, it is so great. And Yafet Kodo is like the FBI agent on their tail. Parker. Huh. From this. Yeah. It was, uh, Alien was made for $11 million, had a $3.5 million opening weekend, went on to make $185 million total, but it's since gone on to make gobs more than that. And was actually the number nine movie of all of 1979. At the 1980 Oscars, nominated for two things. One for best visual effects which it actually not not number one it actually won best visual effects and was nominated for best art direction but did not win and then kind of cleaned up at the saturn awards in 1980 it won for best sci-fi film veronica cartwright got supporting actress ridley scott got best director and then sigourney weaver o'bannon and makeup and special effects were all nominated but did not win but it did win best sci-fi film at the saturn awards so overall thoughts of alien before we go on Alien is one of those movies that I don't rewatch a lot. Like it's it's good, it's very well done, but it is so claustrophobic to me while watching mm. it. And it's it's similar to Jaws in the sense that you don't see a lot of glimpses of the alien. Like you see pieces right. of it, mm-hmm. and it's lurking around, but you don't actually see it. And the whole movie is very very dark, and. Just the scene. Yeah, like not well lit dark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. not like moody dark. I mean, it is, but obviously yeah. it's a horror movie. But I mean, like, it's hard to see. And it just gives me that, like, claustrophobic. Like, I think Alien is actually a really scary movie. It's got a couple jump scares. And they're mostly from the stupid cat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it's, it's good. I haven't seen it in a while. Holly had never seen it. We sat down to watch it uh, over the weekend. And... It was funny because she was kind of working on her class at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it takes a while to get going because it's just shots of the ship and everybody's sleeping and shots of the ship and everybody's sleeping. And she's mm-hmm. like, is, is anything happening? Yeah. <laughs> so she, yeah. Thought, she thought it was kind of slow to get going. But then once it got going, it, was, it, it is. Yeah. I remember or no, I don't remember. I wasn't born. But when my family's like favorite story to tell is that in 1979, after this movie came out, Jason, my brother, they decided to get him one of the alien dolls for Christmas. And it was like a, yep. it was like a plastic or vinyl toy, but it stood probably about 10 inches tall. Okay, it, was, yep. it was tall and it glowed in the dark and it had like, like the little like glow in the dark was all the big thing. Right. And um, when you pressed a button, the thing shot out of its mouth, you know, like the little, little tiny mouth alien, the little yep. chomper. And he got it on Christmas morning and he was, let's see, he was born in, so he was five. And he took it into the utility room and got all excited to flip off the lights. And when he did, it scared the crap out of him. And he started crying <laughs> and he threw the alien down and never picked it up again. That's funny. And it turns out there, like, there was only so many of them made. So they're worth a lot of money. Oh, and right. he broke his. So, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Good job, Jace. But. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good movie. It's um, it's it is it is a hard R. I can remember talking last week. We were saying, well, maybe it'd be PG thirteen today, but I think it, I think it definitely still be R. Obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you know, blood and violence and, and stuff in it. 
more than I think a PG thirteen level. And 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 it's you know, the, uh, there's the, the a lot terror. of language too. Yeah, the, I remember the, the yeah the language is pretty bad and yep. it always cracks me up that like I'm like could they not afford Sigourney Weaver like underwear that fit right at the end <laughs> and like. If I and like we covered this on my other previous podcast, Life Camera No, and we talked about this, and I'm like, if I'm going into stasis for like several years, I want to be in my most comfortable clothes. So like, right. put me in like a muumuu, or right. like not like a pair of underwear that's like three sizes too small, right? And a tank and a, top and a little tank top, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so usually we talk about the trailer and I play a clip from it, but unfortunately the trailer for this one, and I'll include a link to it so you guys can see it there. There's no, there's no dialogue. It's just, it's just kind of the score. And then it kind of ramps up and ramps up and just, you kind of starts calm and then Mm -hmm. more people are running and more people are running and stuff. And then it ends with that classic line, which I love in space. No no one can hear you scream. Just such a great tagline. It really is. It's so good. Have you watched all of the aliens? I've I have I don't think I've watched Resurrection. I did one, two, three, and then I've done Prometheus and Covenant, but I don't think I ever did. I don't like three. Resurrection's okay. I love Prometheus. Yeah. And I really liked Covenant, even though it got trashed. Like I Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked both of those. Yeah. And I kind of came at those backwards because I, I remember I went and I saw them in the theater and then I'm like, I should go back and watch the original ones again. So I watched them and then I went back and watched one and two again after. Yes, um, I, had, I had seen him the first time because Prometheus is the is the prequel, right? But Covenant isn't, is it? Is Covenant still a prequel? Yeah, they're both. They both are. I was thinking Covenant was set after Resurrection, so it takes place eleven years after the Prometheus expedition. Oh, yeah, which is long before. Yeah, the alien, the alien. That's expedition. weird. Yeah, yeah. So they're both they're both prequels. Well, and you know, uh, if you haven't seen Covenant, Covenant actually has kind of a version of a demodog. Oh, that's true. Yeah. They have yeah. The, the little four-legged xenomorphs. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But, yeah. But. Yeah, I forgot about them. Yep. They actually look like little demodogs. Yeah. So. Siskel and Ebert both liked Alien. They, uh, this was before, this was so long ago, it was before they did thumbs up and thumbs down. They both gave it a yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh. And here's a, here's a clip of Siskel and Ebert talking about Alien. The movie is one of the scariest old-fashioned space operas I can remember. Well, it did scare me, too. I looked away, and I was yelling with, like, a few other people, it's going to hit them on the floor, it's going to come from the ceiling. It's in the next row, it's behind me in the yeah. ceiling. Right. Uh, but I, I want to say that, you know, strip away all the beautiful scenery and the evocative weirdness of the picture, uh, what we really have here is basically the haunted house film, only instead of a wild creature running around in a haunted house, we got a wild creature running around in a spaceship. And so this is not the greatest science fiction film ever made, even though it seems to be doing very well across the country. It's Well, I think the combination of horror and science fiction is a very appealing one right now, very commercial. There is one moment, though, mm-hmm. when the film does transcend just that horror, haunted spaceship sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's in this scene we just saw, as it goes on a little bit further, they enter that spaceship. They go inside, they find the alien pilot all desiccated uh, from his voids that might have taken place millions of years ago, and then they go into that big, enormous cavern down below, and what they find there and so forth. gives you a real sense, I mean, from the point of view of art direction and everything else, that this could have been an alien ship. It's not just another TV or movie creation. Yeah, one consumer point. A lot of young people are probably going to want to see this picture. 
they love horror films. This one's pretty bloody. It is pretty violent. I think a lot of people, adults and kids, are going to be turned off and maybe frightened too much by it. So for young kids, certainly, this is not a picture to go see. It's R-rated. Yeah, for a, a reason. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Okay. Got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, which is not at all shabby, and a 94% audience score. So I think that's highest. Those are both highest, I think, of any of the influence movies that we've talked about yet, I think. All right. Well, you want to get into uh, some of the similarities between yeah. the two? Okay. All right. I'll take number five. And it is the hazmat suits that the scientists looking for the alien. They're identical to Shepard wandering into the Upside Down and the rest of the HNL team throughout. Yeah. So it's like the, you know, kind of, you see kind of his first person looking and it's kind of like the the garbled video feed Mm kind of thing. So very, very similar to when the guys went down, the three of them went down to the planet and were looking for it. So. It's also, and I don't, I don't know if we're, I mean, we might, but I don't know if we'll actually do Aliens, which also has some influence on Stranger Things, especially season two. But when, in season two, when Owens, when he's sending his group down there, he says, or yeah, I think it's him. He says, stay frosty, boys. Stay frosty, is, yeah. Which yep. is a direct line from Aliens. So yeah, that's number five. Number four, I kind of went with like just the vibe. And we do this with most of the movies because they all came out at around mm-hmm. the same time. But particularly, I, you know, my eye was caught by all, you know, the, you know, the late 70s, early 80s computers with the monitors. And it's the, always the black screen with the green text. Yep. And then the kind of the red and blue buttons and like mm-hmm. the lights up on the walls. It just it looks very similar to the, you know, yeah. Hawkins computers and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I don't think they kind of drew, you know, one from the other or anything like that. But it just it just had that feel. It was kind of in that in that vibe of the. Mm-hmm. late 70s early 80s i mean technology which was which was the technology of aliens but they had to kind of retro do it for stranger things to make which it cracks me up because you know when we were watching that like back in the day we were like oh my gosh the future is gonna be so crazy <laughs> oh i know well i remember in star wars with luke and his targeting computer and you know yeah. you look back at that now and I'm, but i'm like at the time i'm like oh that's a cool computer oh yeah in like the hologram <laughs> yeah. thing i thought for sure yeah, we yeah. have those by now Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, number three is, and this actually bugs me in Alien, how they're always trying, they're, they're, they're crawling through the tunnels and they're trying to kill it with fire, yeah. like, which is obviously similar to season when two. Dallas, just, Dallas has his little flamethrower thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But Dallas, you are on a spaceship. Like, it just feels very unwise, irresponsible even to just be throwing fire around in a spaceship that I feel like there's definitely lots of like oxygen being pumped through. It's an enclosed space. Like anything could happen really. And well, yeah. if you blow a hole in your spaceship, you're just going to get sucked down into space. That's right. So Yeah. You would, you would, you would think that, I mean, that's why, you know, I don't, I don't think they smoke a lot on the space shuttle because <laughs> yes, yeah, they do. I, I, it's just oxygen. They smoke. No, all no, the no. Time. In the real, in the real space shuttle. Oh, I was gonna say, today, like Colin, NASA astronauts. It's like, Colin, <laughs> they are lighting up. No, like, they're like chain no, smoking. No, like real life. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it, but yeah, you're sitting there and you're like watching these, and you know, he's got fire, and they have cigarettes. And yeah, I'm like, it's just pure oxygen. What are you? Yeah, what, like, what are you guys doing? doing? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, the fire versus the fire. In yeah, season two. Yeah. 
The next one, and the Duffers actually commented on this um, on the YouTube clips that I kind of pull up, and we'll, we'll play a, a clip in a second. But kind of, and, and they said this it, that Alien really inspired their look uh, for the Upside Down. So it's obviously dark. There's, you know, the only lights are really the lights that are brought into it with, you know, flashlights and stuff like that. And then all the little floofies flying around in the air. And then obviously they also had the alien egg, mm-hmm. you know, which is very similar to the Demogorgon egg that we see when Joyce and Hopper are wandering through the thing. So here's the Duffers talking about how they looked back at Alien and, and how it influenced Stranger Things. We're huge fans of the Alien franchise, especially um, Alien Aliens. It depends on on the year in terms of which one we think is is better. Basically, they're both incredible films. But all this stuff in terms of atmospheric effects, some of it we, we were inspired by in the video game Silent Hill, but some of it was also inspired by what it was like when they went on the planet in, uh, in Ridley Scott's Alien. And then we even have an, an egg there, the Demogorgon egg, which is inspired by the uh, what they discover on the planet in Alien. And that egg was real. And, uh, and in season one, especially, all the spores, all the, um, the spores blowing through the air, that was all real. We were blowing them around. Um, we had David and Winona walking around in those suits in the forest. It was old school, just blowing uh, these basically little tiny feathers um, in their faces. It was a lot of fun for them. What cracks me up, though, when I think about this, is this is like another like clue that I think that we overlook, that the Duffers really didn't know that they were going to get another season, because... When right. they go in the Upside Down in season one, there's, like, eggs everywhere. There's, like, all sorts of different creatures. But it looks wildly different when we see... I, I mean, I guess that stuff comes later when Henry slash Vecna slash one, you know, creates his things. But it just seemed like... If you think about it, we really haven't seen very many monsters other than the Demogorgon and the Demodogs and the Demobats. Right, Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I think it, it is kind of funny to like think about all the things that change just between season one and season two mm-hmm. that, you know, they're like all of a sudden, well, all of a sudden, A, they have money. Yeah. And, and you know, you can do whatever you want with the kind of money that Netflix was throwing at them after season one, obviously. So, but yeah, and I think, you know, we'd are, we've already talked about, you know, Steve's character changing so mm-hmm. much and, you know, all kinds of stuff changed between season one and season two, you know, just because just they had you know, another season to fill and they had more money to do it. So yeah, it's kind of cool to go back and look at. So a couple other little bonus alien things and we'll get to number one, which is again, kind of an obvious one, but yeah, little things. Dan O'Bannon is the screenwriter for alien and the Duffers have talked about how they name dropped O'Bannon back in season one, the trooper that finds Will's you know, yeah. body. He's the one who and gets then, punched by Hopper. Yeah, and Hopper confronts him in the bar. He was Trooper David O'Bannon, and they said they, they named him O'Bannon after mm-hmm. Dan O'Bannon, screenwriter for Alien. So that was there. And then also, obviously, having an orange tabby cat wandering around. Jones obviously survives, where whereas Muse does not. But you know, obviously, you know the the fact that they had to that they the Duffers brought in a cat and it was very Jones. Yeah, I mean, just identical. like and I and it's so funny because there's so many people that have named their cat Jonesy. Just right. yeah. from aliens or whatever. Yeah. And he's really the star, but he also almost gets everyone killed. He does. But to and be fair, I would have been like Ripley and been like, I'm not leaving without my cat. So that's right. Although she does kind of drop him on the ground at the end there. Like in, yeah. In, in the case. She's kind of yeah. in the corner. Yeah, she does. But anyway, okay. 
All right. Are we ready for our number one? It is the alien itself versus the Demogorgon. And like the alien, you know, we see the alien start small. And actually, I have a point about this. Did you know that the reproduction cycle of an alien is identical to the reproduction cycle of a fern? I, I did not know that. Yes. So with the alien, there's the egg. And then the face hugger is all slithered up in the egg and it leaps out and attaches to your face. And then it actually puts the egg or the fertilized baby in your chest to right. burst out. Well, ferns create little pods and fling them out and then they are already fertilized and then they start growing a fern from there. Oh, we, we're definitely going to... We'll definitely put a link up to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like we have to know. There's also a very popular meme that I really want to know, and I need to know your answer to it. How would an alien, how would a xenomorph wear a hat? Like, where would it wear the hat? I think I'm kind of on the front of his little dome thing. We're, we're, okay. You've got several options. You could be the front. Right. You could be the back. Right. You could be, maybe you wear it on the little mouth that comes out, the little chop Or kind of right right in the middle, too. That was actually kind of funny when we are because it was when, at the end, when Ripley's in the escape pod, and, you know, we're kind of sitting at the back of the room, and she's like, where is it? Because she couldn't see it. Oh, it's hard, it's, so hard to see. Yeah. But it's, because it's just like a smooth, like, dome kind of. Yeah, you know, and it looks yeah. like all the, like, tubes and stuff yeah, yeah. in the ship. Yeah. I'm like, no, that's it right there. It's kind of like the the oval kind of, you know, round thing that's shiny, right? That's it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could put the hat kind of right in the middle too, like a little, like a little birthday hat, like right in the Hold on. <laughs> right I'm going to, I'll show you the options. And we can also link to this and our fans can vote. <laughs> <laughs> See? That is pretty funny. There I like are that. several options. Like, what if you put it on the very end? What if it needs an oversized hat? It's just, okay. So, anyways, we're going to link to this, and I want to know what you guys think. I'm going to show a picture, and you yes. respond by letting us know the corresponding letter. And you, you don't have to know anything about the movie to do no, it. No, so just, you can just, just take a look. Anyways, back to Xenomorphs and Demogorgons. They start small, obviously, and then as they get bigger, which we saw in the um, growth span, or growth... Life cycle, maybe? Life cycle. Life cycle. Life cycle of a Demogorgon. And we saw a little dart shed its skin every time it got bigger, like a little snake. That's similar to a xenomorph. And also an alien that's the only monster they're fighting. Like, it's just one big alien. That's what they're fighting. And, like, the kids in season one, that's really only one monster for our little kids to be fighting. Yeah, that's true. And you you mentioned, too, that we never really get a whole look at... Like the whole monster. I mean, we never really see. Right. Yeah. That's another. And it's also like very like reminiscent of Jaws where it's just, we don't see it and it, you just see flashes of it. Like you see, you don't really see the Demogorgon until the very end. Like the first time I feel like you get a really good glimpse of it is the, I think it's the second to last episode when Jonathan and Nancy and Steve were fighting it. Right. Yeah. And then you really only, you only see the alien at the end of alien when it's outside the ship being, yeah. being blown away. So, and it yeah. looks real dumb. It it's does like, actually. It's like spread eagle. Kind of looks like a. It, it reminded me of a gremlin. Like, uh, yes. Like, like like what you thought the gremlin would look like. So. And then the uh, the Duffers actually said too when they were designing the Demogorgon that they really relied on movies like 
the thing and alien specifically to create the monster and they wanted to actually build the monster and have it be an actual thing and not a visual effect and there was an article in entertainment weekly and the duffers said like so many filmmakers our age and older we grew up on genre films that existed before computer graphics and there was something about the effects being so tangible in those films that made them especially terrifying to us when we were kids. We were specifically thinking about Alien and the Thing and Hellraiser. So from very early on, we knew we wanted to build an animatronic monster, which is, you know, obviously. So, yes, the the biggest link between Stranger Things and, and Alien, I think, and you think, is the is the monster itself. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually looking for it, and if I find it, we'll share it. I don't think I'm incorrect. Someone accidentally, like, you were talking about no CGI, and it was all like, practical, and they built this thing. They did the same thing for Alien, obviously, but I believe it got burned down because someone accidentally left, like, ash to cigarette on it. Oh, really? Yes. Like the actual monster? Yes. I think it's either the monster or it's the... I'll look it up. But yes, it... uh, I just can't imagine. Like, it's just funny because... And people were really smoking it up back in the day. (laughs) They really were. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of funny, so... So let's get on to some emails. Not not very many alien related this week, obviously, because a lot of people, a lot of our fans and listeners couldn't actually watch it because, you know, they're younger and the, mm-hmm. it's rated R and that kind of thing. So we only had, I think, only one email related to alien, but then we have a whole bunch of other emails to get to. So, so yes. stay with us and we'll get there in a second. All right. We're starting off with our one alien related email and it's from Jason in Toronto. He says, hey, Colin and Whitney, I just listened to the last podcast and wanted to say Hey, awesome. I am glad I was remembered. And yes, I'm sending pictures from Fan Expo. I have met a few of the cast members and am so, and I'm also including my pictures I got with the Goonies cast and also two of the Umbrella Academy cast, as I think Whitney is a fan of that show as well. I am a super fan of the Umbrella Academy. I am writing this email as I do a rewatch of Scream 2022, or as I like to call it, Scream 5. Yeah, I prefer to call it that. Doing a rewatch mm-hmm. of the series as I'm going to see the newest movie this Saturday. Now, this up and coming this upcoming podcast based on Alien should be great. I always found that the Demogorgon looked very reminiscent of the Xenomorph, which is probably what the Duffers went for. Plus, the first film in the Aliens franchise was like a haunted house movie with the lone alien chasing them, kind of like how the Demogorgon chased Will. And the end scene with Will having that tube vine thing down his throat and then coughing up a slug was very alien-like. Glad we didn't see it burst out of Will's chest. Anyways, guys, glad to be all caught up on the podcast so I can continue to email in my thoughts. If you want to share the pictures on Twitter or wherever, feel free. And we will. And he has met so many people. I'm so jealous. Yeah, we got pictures of him with Eddie and Mike and Chrissy, Dustin, Vecna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got a whole bunch. So, yeah, we'll we'll post a couple of those up on uh, on our social so you guys can see that. So. And I saw Scream on Saturday too, actually, Scream 6, I which seen I actually kind of liked. I liked it better than Scream 5. I did not like Scream 5, but it's I'm not excited. Uh, no, I didn't either. I, I did not like Scream 5 at all, but I thought I thought Scream 6 was okay. Great. Still not great. Still not like the original. But no, nah, it'll be hard to okay. recreate that. Yeah. So a couple other emails that we will get to now that we're now that we're done this alien nonsense. First one is from Sophie D in Utah says, hey, guys, it's me, Sophie. Again, I've never seen the movie Alien. and I don't watch rated R movies. So instead, I thought I would ask you guys some questions. You don't have to answer all of them. I just thought it'd be nice to get you guys get to know you guys a little more. Number one, how do you guys do the podcast? Do you record it together or do you record in different places? We are very much in different places. Yes, I am in Kentucky and Colin. I am in Vermont. Yep. So we record at the same time and just have separate tracks. And then I go back and edit it all together after that. But yeah, we're about, what, five, 600 miles away from each other or something like yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But we have met in person. 
So we've hung out a couple times, a few times actually, in yeah. person because of our jobs. So yeah. yes, yeah, we're far away. Number two, who is Brenda? Brenda. <laughs> I can't wait for my mom to listen to this episode. Brenda is my mother. And I call her Brenda because it drives her insane. I don't call her mom. <laughs> I just call her Brenda. And it drives her absolutely insane. And like all my friends call her Brenda. And everybody knows who I'm talking about when I'm like, well, Brenda said. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me old Number mother. Yeah. Number three, what is your guys' favorite episode and or season of Stranger Things and your least favorite? Favorite, well, we all know our least favorite episode. That's easy. Yes. Favorite episode. I still really like Dear Billy, but I also really like the bathtub, which was You've one, always loved the bathtub. Yeah, one seven, I think. Which is Gosh. the one when they when they set up the pool and the gym and, and Elle goes back and, and everything. There's so favorite many favorite season. Favorite season, I kind of like three. But I, I just that's just because it's because of the mall rat in me. I was a mall yeah, rat when I was a kid. Same. And I yeah. I feel like season three is the least liked, but it's also my favorite. Least favorite season is probably two, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Probably. It's got I mean it's, it's again, they're all I love them all, so it's not Yeah, like, they're all great. Like, I'll watch all of them anytime. But yeah. yeah. Uh favorite episode. I really like episode one or season one, episode one, just the whole like introduction to the world of Hawkins like just gets me every single time right. uh or probably i did love the dive in season four that oh that was faves. good too yeah yeah if you want my favorite my favorite 30 seconds it's the first 30 seconds of the show with the, yeah with the lab guy running through the hall i i could watch that all up to and it's a great like study in filmmaking and cinematography mm -hmm. too. It's it so is. so well done so all right next question was what is your guy's favorite 80s song oh mine's easy I got kind of two because I love, I know you know mine. So my, my favorite song is Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. I just love the song as a get up and, and you know, feel good kind of happy song. And it's always been, I've always loved it. It's just been always been a favorite song of mine. But I also really love as a song, Every Breath You Take by The Police. It's one of my favorite songs and I could listen to it over and over again. I just love the sound of it and the guitar. I don't really care about the message and, you know, you know, what it means the fact that it's about a stalker yeah no I'm, i don't i don't care about that i just i love the just the guitar sound that you know andy summers on the guitar but your favorite 80s song i i don't know if i know you i'm sure it's come up at some point we've talked about it but it i don't want to guess and sound stupid so you could just tell me it is betty davis eyes by kim Cox. oh yes i did know that yep yes yeah because i remember my... i didn't i didn't really like it that much yeah, yeah and i love it it is my number one song that would save me from vecna yep so and Sophie's last question is, who is your favorite emailer? Well, let's see. I could rank them. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sophie, we can't answer that. No, oh, we're not going to answer favorites. that. Obviously. Yes. We love, yes. we honestly love hearing from all of you guys. And it's yes. so fun. And, and everybody brings something new and different. And yeah. Colin and I like chitter chatter throughout the week. We'll be like, did you see this email? Did you see that email? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. So yeah. Okay, next email is from Sophie G from Ireland. She said, I've never seen Aliens, but plan to at some stage. It sounds like a great film. I recently rewatched seasons one, two, and three of Stranger Things and am now on season four, episode seven. I am literally filled with theories, hopes, fears, and wants for season five and would love some sort of explanation of the backstory of the Mind Flayer, the Upside Down, and how they all connect. I could see that happening as they look more into that in season four i'm also terrified of major character death if steve dies i'm suing if literally anyone <laughs> dies i'm gonna be so sad actually let me say i don't care if jonathan dies <laughs> <laughs> if the duffer brothers ever hear this and if you have to kill anyone kill jonathan byers i also don't want max to be doing nothing for all the season five 
Do you guys have any thoughts on what the first episode titled The Crawl might mean? By the way, you guys are doing a great job and of keeping me satisfied with Stranger Things content in this very deep, dark void. I just don't see them killing anybody of the main. Either. It's too depressing. Like, yeah. it's just too. And they I, mean, I, I know they go for the emotions. I mean, I could see somebody like maybe Murray dying or. Yeah. Argyle. Yeah, something, or, you know, one of the minor characters, but... Yeah, I just... They they just convinced me when they talked in that interview saying that how hard it was to kill off a character because then you had to deal with the fallout of those characters dealing with the death of this character, and it just right. made it depressing, and they don't want to make a depressing show. Yeah, it's not like you can just, you know, kill off Mike and everybody just keeps on going on their merry no. way. I mean, you're going to have to, you know... But Sophie, entirely agree with you that I need some kind of explanation on the on the backstory of the mind flayer and the yeah. upside down and all that stuff. I'm way with you on that one. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I think we'll get it for sure. Um, as for the first episode title, the crawl, I have no idea. All I think of is a pub crawl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you say crawl, um, I would. I don't know. I don't either. Like you know, other than a monster crawling, but that's a little too on on point. Yeah, you know, it's kind of you know too literal. Maybe it's like the so crawl of time, like yeah. and we're waiting for Max to wake up. I don't know. I also do not think that they are going to leave Max in a coma for very long. Uh, there's just no way. No, I don't either. But yeah, I mean, you're thinking you're saying your favorite episode, one of your favorite episodes is The Dive. I mean, without any context, would you have ever been able to guess what The Dive was about? I mean, you have no clue. No. I mean, it makes perfect sense now. Yeah. But, right. you know, there's there's no idea that you know, we had that was, there was going to be some kind of portal at the bottom of Lover's mm-hmm. Lake and, you know, Steve is going to have to dive down, you know, no, no, so, no, there's no clue. So, so yeah, we can theorize all you want, but we really don't have any clue to be honest. Yeah. We're just sitting here waiting like the rest of you. That's right. Next emails from Ellie in Greece. Hey, Colin and Whitney, have you heard about the train crash that happened in Larissa? Yes, I did. It was just, oh my God, it was awful. She says, it's so sad. If you haven't heard, it's basically these two trains were on the same track going in opposite directions. They crashed up in the middle of Greece. And um, she's in the South. It's so sad. The first wagon was blasted into smithereens and all that was left was like ash. It was, it was hor- horrific to look at. Yeah. I didn't see anything people, about it. Oh my God. It was like, it was the end of February. It's like the February 28th. Huh. It was a couple of weeks ago. It's, uh, yeah. Look it up. Well, don't look it up. It's just, ah. In other news, we in Greece have this thing where from the 1st to the 31st of March, we wear these white and red bracelets called martakia, which basically means little marches. And they're supposedly keep you from getting sunburned, which makes zero sense. But oh, well, (laughs) also hi to the other Ellie. It's so weird to have other people share my name, even though it's not super uncommon, just because I'm not used to it. There are three other Ellie's in my school, which makes it confusing because they call them and we all turn, which I realize is something that most people do go through. Not too many Collins in the Oh, no, I grew up as the only Whitney. Yeah. For the most part. But it is a new experience for me. Also, I just discovered OBX, and I absolutely love it. JJ, marry me. How is he so handsome and funny? I don't know. Oh, Rudy. Yes, he is. He's adorable. And Evie is absolutely, she's in love with JJ. She loves him. So Finally, she says to me, so I can put an end <laughs> to my massacring Greek words in the past few weeks, Ellie actually recorded a little voicemail, a little voice memo pronouncing the Greek words that I have been massacring since how long ago? December, we started talking about these things. Yes. So here's Ellie. Hi, it's Ellie from Greece. I just gave up trying to explain in like over email how 
the Greek words are pronounced, so I just thought I'd send this so I could have it done with once and for all. It's Apocrius and Signobempi. Bye. Bye, and thank you, Ellie. I appreciate you. Yes, thank you. That's adorable. I, I kind of thought I was close, but I kind of had to like, like have a little accent going too, which I Yeah, didn't. yeah. Okay, our you. next email is from Eve in the UK. She says, hey there, Colin and Whitney. Hope you guys are okay over in the US. I'm sorry to say I couldn't watch Alien because I've been flooded with mocks over here. I'm assuming mocks are like test exams. Tell us, Eve, if that's what they are. We don't have mocks over here. Um, and they are still going, but this pod and all its listeners are definitely keeping me going, so thank you. I just wanted to say I had an idea for a deep dive episode. Possibly one on Billy, as I know not everyone liked his little redemption arc just before his death. Also, you might have seen this on Discord. I am writing a fanfic for Max called Mayfield. All ideas for it are greatly appreciated. And if anyone is listening who isn't on Discord, you can find me on Tumblr under Agent-Taylor. I would really love to hear some feedback and ideas from fellow writers and fans. Hopefully my mocks will be done soon and then I can watch Alien and spot its influences on Stranger Things. Stay strange, you guys. We will. Yeah, that's what we do. Stay strange. All right, and our next email is from our good friend Harriet from Australia. She said, I wasn't allowed to watch Alien. Sad face. Well, we shouldn't have recommended it, to be honest. Well, I mean, yeah, we kind of had to talk about it because it was such an influence. Yeah. But yeah, we, we certainly understand. Yes. And we, when we were talking about it, I'm like, I don't think a lot of our people that listen to it can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really have anything to say, anything, have anything I can contribute this week. So this email is a little life update. We closed the musical Strictly Ballroom this week. It was an amazing run and I had so much fun. On opening night, they surprised the cast with confetti from the roof. So that was amazing. We had very cool costumes, and I'm very sad I don't get to wear them again. And now we're heading back into exam season. Sad, but it's necessary. I just think it's funny thinking back to, like, when was it, three or four months ago when she sent us the email that she was so excited that she was auditioning for Strictly. I know. And then she she didn't get a call back, so she knew she was in the chorus, and then we kind of yeah. followed her along we've her been this, journey. We've so. been through this journey with you. Yeah, it was really kind of neat. Yeah. So. Two new emailers this week. One is Abby says, hi, I love your podcast. I'm listening to it every day. Thanks for making this. It makes me so happy. And the other one is from Audrey. Don't know where either of them are from. So if you want to let us know, always glad to hear where you guys are listening from. Uh-huh. Audrey says, I love your podcast. Just started listening. You all are so good at podcasts and thanks. And you guys know when season five comes out. Yes, it will be coming. No, no, <laughs> we do not know. We, uh, we are just, we are in the dark just as much as the rest of you guys. So. I, I would I would honestly guess we're not getting it till next year. At the earliest. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Memorial Day of 24? I think it'll be longer than that. Well, hope you guys listening to us just babble on about nothing yeah, for a year plus. Really. Hope you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next email is from Bethany. And she says, hi, Whitney and Colin. This is my first time emailing. I love Stranger Things. It's my favorite show and your podcast, obviously. A couple of episodes back in the Mike Wheeler breakdown, Whitney said that she liked Mike and I 100% agree. I don't understand all the hate that a literal child gets for just being a normal teenager. And sure, he doesn't have quite as much, though he still has a lot of obvious trauma like Will, Max, and Lemon. I think that this is the reason lots of people don't like him. People hate on Mike for being a bad friend at 14 when, and I can assure them, they probably acted the same way. So Bethany goes into a ton of detail about, honestly, just backing me up on why you shouldn't hate Mike Wheeler. That's right. No, it's a good email. (laughs) Yeah, but she says, you know, Will says that 
uh, Mike never called. And everyone uses that against Mike. They're like, he never called. But if you remember, Mike said he did call and Joyce was always on the phone. And back in the 80s, didn't have call waiting. So you just got the busy signal. Yep. Couldn't, there was no getting another call. She points that out. She points out that Eleven was also really immature in the relationship, but just because she wasn't ready to be. I mean, she was basically brand new to the world, you know? She wasn't that old. She also says that Mike was feeling and probably didn't even understand love. Uh, Obviously made the wrong decision by lying to her about his Nana. There's nothing wrong with Nana. There's nothing wrong with Nana. (laughs) But he felt threatened and Hopper is threatening. Yeah, he's obviously like, you know, she's pointing out that Hopper was kind of a scary figure and he's threatening her not to come, him not to come around. She does a great job of just like going into detail about the social anxiety Mike has, or she, you know, talks about how he is such a good friend where he jumps off the cliff for Dustin and really just sums it up that Mike Wheeler's a great kid. Yeah, it was a, it was a great email, Bethany. Really, really mm-hmm. was, really was well thought out and well written. So, yeah. yeah. That is it for this. Oh, she ends it with, does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely not. Nope. I, I've had it a couple times. I've had I it. Do, it's disgusting. I do not. I don't think it's as disgusting as Whitney thinks it's disgusting, <laughs> but I, I can think of about 20 other things I'd rather have pineapple on than pizza. <laughs> but I know it's, I, I know, yes. <laughs> yes, we know. We got it. It's just, it's just weird because you just think of pizza as kind of savory and... And garlic and Italian seasoning and hot, you know, and for this thing, even though, even though they cook the pineapple a little bit, it's still, you get the sense that it's, that it's cold and it's juicy and that doesn't belong on pizza. It's just weird. I'll judge people for liking pineapple on pizza. (laughs) I'll be like, no, we can't be friends. Yeah. But yes, that does it for our emails this week. Thank you everybody for writing in. We really appreciate it. We will be back on March 30th with another one of our character deep dives. And this one is going to be Maxine Max Mayfield. Mayfield. We got to do that again. It's going to be about Max. It's going to be about. <laughs> it's going to be about Max, Max Mayfield, guys. Mayfield. So send us in your emails. Yeah. So if you can get stuff to us by March 26th. Eight. No, 7th, yeah, 26th. Yeah, 26. Let's say Sunday the 26th. That gives us a little bit of cushion. So Yeah, yeah. And you can just point out, you know, try to try to max it out at like five things you love or dislike about Max. So we can squeeze everybody's emails in because I feel like yeah. we're gonna get a ton. Because yes, Max I think is a we fan favorite. I do like I like Max myself. I do. Love her. Love her. Anyways, that does it for this week. As always, you can email us at scoopsoypod at gmail.com. You can that's where you can send your emails to talk about whatever you want. And obviously, we'll read them. Tell us about your life. Tell us about your favorite shows. Ask us questions. We'll answer them. Yeah. What else do we got to do in this deep jerk void? <laughs> so that's right. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Scoops Hoy Pod. We're on Twitter and on Facebook. That's where we post all the links to the stuff we mention in each episode. So you can find that stuff there. And you can also, if you love us, you can review us on Apple because that helps us get in front of other potential listeners like yourself. So. I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.
Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.